When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Happy first day of training camp, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> We're back. Yes, yes. The marathon begins. Welcome into another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. That's Saul. That's Gerald. That's Flex. And yes, we have officially entered basketball season. This training so. camp has tipped <laughs> off and we got a lot of good stuff to talk about from day one of training camp. Obviously, we'll be discussing all the things throughout the rest of the week as well. Mm-hmm. But I think first and foremost... Um, we should just hear from Eric Gordon on what he thought day one was like. Today was good. Very competitive. I mean, it was high energy. Did a lot of playing, a lot of defensive drills. And we, we got after it. It wasn't like a sit-back practice. And uh, But guys, guys, they get after it. They set it up to be very competitive. A lot of defensive drills. A lot, a lot of guys going one-on-one. Then progressions. To, and then uh, did a lot of problem five. So it was a lot of contact. So my favorite thing about this is hearing a lot of five on five, a lot of contact, because I know a lot of times for training camp, they try to like ease into it, Mm -hmm. you know, work up to some of that throughout the week. I love that they're just jumping in head first and going straight after it. Yeah, I mean, Frank Vogel talked a lot about throwing a lot of different concepts at them. I know they did a bunch of defensive drills to kind of get some of his principles on board. Um, And he mentioned that they're going to be taxing their legs quite a bit this week. Um, So that's where the five on five comes in and getting everybody in shape. So I'm I'm here for it. I I mean, they only got a week until the first preseason game. So Mm -hmm. you got to go all in Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Like we expected it to be competitive during training camp just because of the depth. Uh, and and the guys that they brought in, more importantly, like there's a lot of dudes out there that are 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 going for the throat, and I think that's great. Yeah, I'd do anything to see some of this stuff. Yes, it's like a high school camp. Yes, it's like a bunch of dogs in there fighting for minutes. I love it. This is this is music to my ears. Mm-hmm. Did you get to see any any snippets of practice at all? No, not really. It looks like that's probably going to stay intact from era to era yeah. as we change coaches here. Um, we we came in and we saw guys broken off to different baskets, shooting free throws. Um, normally we would see them playing like their shooting game or doing their shooting drills, whatever. Um, so we'll see. It's only the first day and they were probably preparing for another practice very soon. Um, but hopefully we'll get to see more than free throws. This Are they doing two days? Uh, today, okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Vogel said that today was the two days and the rest of the week will just be one. Yeah. He didn't want to fully leave the era of two days right. behind, but also. <laughs> 
Didn't want to go too, too hard on the guys. Um, but as far as the five on five goes, I want to know who's playing with who. That's mm. the big question I have. And I don't think we'll get those answers. Even if you blatantly asked all of them who played with you, they probably wouldn't tell you anyway. Yeah. But that's what I mostly um, want to know, just because the conversation is still unanswered, even though yesterday Frank Vogel did tell us straight up that, like, we're going to see a bunch of different lineups throughout, especially the first part of the season, mm -hmm. so that they know what they're working with, they know what they like, and they've got different lineups in their back pocket to utilize whenever they need to come the postseason. Yeah. Um, but I just want to know who's in that, who's who's playing on who, Steve. I know. <laughs> and, and I am glad that he said that yesterday about establishing, like, look, we're going to try different lineups. We're going to try different rotations. Right. Um, so even if it's a Kogi or KBD or Yuta who's starting day one, like, give it a few weeks. It might not be the same person by right. then. They're going to try different shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We also heard from Bradley Beal today, and he shared a little bit about what Frank Vogel shared with the team before camp tipped off. Coach always, especially, you know, this is Coach Frank's new, he's new here. We have a lot of new people here, new staff, new, new players as well. So, you know, the first thing is establishing your basis as a coach and what your expectations are for us as a team. And, uh, and it's, like I said, it's, it's more or less being a physical defensive-minded team. You know, that's going to come first. We know uh, what our abilities are on offense, but you know, if we're not willing to guard and defend and get in stance and hold each other accountable and on that end, you know, we're wasting our time. So uh, to hear that message, you know, I think that it was clear and loud through through everybody today, and it's going to continue to be that way. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. At day one, hey, I give a shit how many points you can score. It's all about the defense. <laughs> Let's get after it. And we've been talking about it. Like I don't think this team is going to have many problems trying to score. I think. They're going to be just fine on that end. Mm -hmm. Defense is what ultimately is going to win them a championship. And so it makes sense from day one to be all about defense and really focused on that end of the court because you got to get those rotations right. You got yeah. to be, you got to get your chemistry locked down like as fast as possible uh, and as quick as possible. So I'm, I'm excited. And it's not unexpected that Frank Vogel's focus would be on the defensive side of the ball because that's been his repertoire. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited, man. You, you know what's intriguing is they don't have to be great on defense. They just got to be good. Mm. They don't got to be great. Offensively, they'll be great. If they're just good on defense, and by the way, we got defensive players. Like, mm. it's not like you're grabbing a bunch of group players and saying, I'm trying to make you a defensive juggernaut. These are guys that have good abilities and traits to play defense. Book can play defense. Bill can mm -hmm. too. So can KD. Um, it's just about maximizing some of their abilities and, and making it all kind of make sense. But they, I, I'm, I love it. When's the last time we had a camp talking about defense? Well, I mean, it, it's it's like one of those old like NBA cliches that like every team comes in like saying we're going to be good defensively and we're going to push the pace and stuff. But it, it is good to see how consistent he is with his reputation and what he's been telling us Correct. because he also mentioned as part of that defense being physical. And that goes back to the whole scrappy as yeah, hell thing that he's one. been promising since day one. Um, and he, you know, he's brought up at several times different guys on the roster like Akogi, guys that get after it on that end. They get deflections. They play gritty. Um, and so I think he's going to like a lot of some of these guys that he has, like Akogi, Goodwin, KBD, Nasir Little, all these defensive guys that are really going to get after right, him. Right, yeah, right. I mean, it's, I think this was a good balance. Um, I know people have joked, like, the offense, when you look at this team, like, the number one thing that comes to mind is the offensive firepower, and then you teamed them up with a defensive-minded coach. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that was probably the best 
plan of action yeah. for this team. Like, you know, offensively, we're going to be sound and solid, but we want to get the best out of everybody defensively. And so we put in a coach who does exactly that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the perfect yeah. combination of players to head coach. And then Frank Vogel also kind of was asked about his coaching staff and the guys he brought over and sort of how it's all sort of blended. And even with, um, what's his name now? Now I'm blanking. Who stayed for money staff? Kevin Young. Right? Kevin yes, Young. Kevin, Kevin Young. Young. Thank mm-hmm. you. I was like, why can't I remember his name? <laughs> um, that that's all going really well. Like, the players are seemingly really vibing with the coaching staff from top to bottom. And then him and Kevin Young have found a good chemistry and he's been enjoying getting to know him and working with him as well so i'm really this is gonna be a fun year you guys i, I yeah. just wish we could see these you know yeah. you, we've we've said it already but I, again that was probably my favorite part of some of these you know media scrums is getting in for that last 10 to 15 minutes of practice and sometimes it was just guys shooting around mm-hmm. uh, but you got to see a little insight like i remember vividly um the first year monty was here him working with DA mm-hmm. um, at the basket for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And like, and I wasn't, I'm not talking about just like going through some random ass drills. No, he was giving it to them. They were going at each other and he was trying to get them to work on a few things defensively. Like Monty was in full out sweat by the time they were done. And I was just like, that's, that's cool. How yeah. many head coaches can do that? Yeah. Not a lot in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, those are the things that give you a little insight into who these these guys are and and then like I've I've told the book story a million times about how you would go out uh poor little Elia Kobo he just <laughs> oh, he man. just poor little mm. poor little tut tut couldn't do it yeah and and that's unfair though that's unfair from the beginning I I kind of want he tried but then he was just getting bodied and Booker was like fuck out of here I want to correct myself I don't want to say when's the last time we had a camp talking about defense I kind of meant. When's the last time we had a coach in camp that is like defense first? Like mm-hmm. this guy is defense, defense, defense. Mm-hmm. Monty had a really good defense, and we did a good job with that team. But I can't remember a time that the Suns hired a coach that is like defense first, like Frank is. So right. uh, it's gonna be fun. That's we actually should, that's actually a really good question. I, I don't, I can't recall the last defensive minded head coach we've had. Yeah. Well, I mean, has that been a thing in the Valley? I feel like we no, were it's true. It's never true. been. Yeah, we've always been off. We, were the, we, were, we live in the Mike D'Antoni, Carrasco, like, Gentry eras of yeah. offensive brilliance. But maybe Cotton. Yeah, yeah, Cotton. Co- That's cotton so might long been. ago. That's, oh, I know. It's been a minute. Um, but no, you're you're right. Into that, but like Josh Okogi made a joke at media day. He was like, "I grew up with Tibbs, and 75 percent of the practice was defense. So yeah. I, it'll be fun to familiarize myself with something yeah. like that again." Yeah. Um, and it it sounds like that's the sort of thing that they were kind of working on today. Okay, listen, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here because we haven't actually gotten a chance to see any of this in action. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm just I'm super excited, and I know that. It's normal for everyone to say all the right things around media day and into training camp and everything. But uh, a while back, we did look at odds on the BetMGM Sportsbook app for the Suns potentially winning a championship this year. And I think they were, what, like fifth or sixth on the list as far as odds go. Um, How much money would you be willing to honestly put down for the Suns to win a championship this year on a futures bet? Five grand. Like where are you feeling right now? (laughs) No, five grand. Okay. Oh, That's man. a legit number. Yeah, five grand. I, I would put a hundred dollars on it. <laughs> 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 
Oh, if I you have. had gone first, I would have been like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like now I'm getting sorry. laughed at. I'm sorry. Now I'm getting man. laughed at because big time over here <laughs> is willing to spend everything. I'm like, sorry, right. He's just really confident in this son's so, team, and I'm not yeah. mad at that. Hey, I'm, I'm confident as well, but all I got is a hundo. <laughs> so I think I'm with you on that one. I think I would stick around 100 bucks yeah. on that one um, so that I could gamble throughout the season as well. Because yes. so if I put all five down, then, then we got to limit the, the amount I can... Uh, Sprinkle in throughout the season. Can we do a, a, a group bet? Like everybody put 200 and we got a thousand dollar future bet on the sun between the five of us? Can we do that? I mean, that? like how people pull I mean, that'll make us pop some bottles. No, if but they I win. think you're saying that. That's people, true. Yo, M, you want in? for like lottery tickets and stuff all the time. M, you right? want in? I'm going to be trying to call into the show and you guys are going to be drunk. No <laughs> yeah, we pop a First of all, <laughs> if we won the title, how do you know that that wouldn't happen anyway? That's right. A good point. Even if we didn't put a bet on That's it? That's a fair point. <laughs> Oh, man. But it would make us feel like we won. It totally like would. We won. Absolutely. Chris in the chat said they don't call him flex for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right, Chris. All right. Well, listen, if you guys want to put that futures bet down on the Phoenix Suns, I highly recommend it. You should definitely download the BetMGM Sportsbook app right now and sign up using the code PHNX because when you sign up using that code, all you have to do is place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. You can check out the show notes for full details, but take advantage of the money that BetMGM wants to give you. Again, that code is PHNX, and now you can listen to Shane talk about the display. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. If you have not signed up for Fubo TV yet, you are absolutely missing out. Fubo is the way to go. They've got over 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device, and there's no contract, no cable, no hassle. All you have to do is just sign up and start watching. You can watch your favorite college football and the NFL with Fubo. Just go to FuboTV.com slash PHNX. To sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Don't miss out on that one. All right, so we talked a lot about defense. Mm -hmm. That was brought up quite a bit when we were talking with the guys after um, uh, camp today. I was going to call it practice, but I guess it's technically camp still. Mm -hmm. Same difference, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Bradley Beal was asked how much he's looking forward to the opportunity to show just what he can do defensively. A lot, you know, because uh, I think that's one thing that we hold to ourselves as well. You know, it's a big expectation we have on ourselves is to defend. You know, we know that we can score, but we want to be an elite defensive team um, and showcase that we can do that. And, you know, as, as crazy as it may sound, we won't have a choice. You know, the other team is going to have guys out there that can put the ball in the hole. Uh, so we got to make sure that we're ready to go and strap our, strap our shoes on too. So, yeah, I mean, he's looking forward to this. I know it's been a question that a lot of people have been asking throughout the offseason, and he knows that, and he recognizes it, but he's ready. He's prepared. He's aware of the narratives, and like he said, like playing defense is something that they these guys in the league put on themselves. 
Um, and he hasn't really gotten the opportunity to show that in Washington. And to be honest, he probably hasn't had the same level of motivation because when you know that your season is probably capped at a certain point um, and that point is like, will we make the playoffs or not? Yeah. It, it's harder to be locked in. But I, he's talked a lot about, you know, they always use that phrase. Devin Booker's coined it and repeated it. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Um, but he's legitimately excited about being able to play with guys that push him the way that you know, Russell Westbrook and John Wall used to do back in the day. He hasn't had players of that caliber. He's never played on a team this talented. So to be able to lock in defensively with this whole new group of guys, yeah. whole new talent level, and a defensive-minded coach, I think it's something he's going to take seriously. Yeah, I think flow of the game matters on defense too. Mm -hmm. Like when you play on a bad team, you play your best defense at the beginning of the game. And then when you're down 25, it's like, okay, we know we can't come back. And so your defense takes a takes a dip. Mm -hmm. When you're with a good team like the Suns, you're not going to be down 25 or 20 in many games. So I think it's just it's it's all about situation and uh, defense. I mean, you'll be surprised how people play defense when the games matter and they're in every game, and then you're fighting for minutes because you know if I don't do this, this I got three guys behind me that will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So th this is the fun part of it. And I think last thing James said something yesterday that was interesting. You know, he talks about the three by five, mm. right? He said this is the best uh, three by five or roster that he's put together. He actually went so far as to say something to the effect like, I've been waiting my whole time to build this team. Mm -hmm. So that's that's cool to hear. And it just brings competition across the board. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun because I just think that even with when you look at a guy like Devin, right, those questions have been asked about him, too. And I think you put all these guys in the same space under Frank Vogel. They're going to play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder defensively because of all of the narratives that have been around them. They yeah. understand that and they want to prove you wrong. Yeah. That's just kind of how these guys are. Um, but Bradley Beal also knows what it takes to establish good habits defensively for himself and as a team. Biggest thing is communication, one. Uh, everybody being on the same page and understanding what the scheme is, concept is. Uh, bigs are more or less like quarterbacks. Uh, so as long as they're loud, you know, talking to us and us guards, me, book, J.O., whoever it is, like we have to get into the ball and, you know, and get us get the rest of the defense set, knowing that, you know, if we're up, we're active, you know, the rest of the guys have no choice but to be in their stance and up and ready to go as well. So uh, it's a collective effort. You know, it's not going to be just we're relying on one guy to get stops or we're relying on bigs to protect our rim. You know, we, we have to really uh, lock into our own individual matchups as a man. Uh, and then obviously having the trust factor in your teammates to be there and being in your spots when necessary. Defense by committee. Yeah. You love to hear it. Mm -hmm. I mean, one man can't define five, so you might as well do it by committee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's just, again, like this is going to be a process, and I'm anxious to see how it's all going to unfold. I think they got some guys that could definitely match up across the league no matter what. And then there's some other guys that are going to be a little bit undersized or um, have s some limitations. Um, depending on what the matchups are going to be. You know, I always look at a guy like Bull Bull. He, you know, he's he's got a long way to go to prove that he can be a solid defender in this league because he has not shown yeah. that for most of his uh, career. You know, he can block a shot, sure, but can he guard on the perimeter? Nope. He, right now he's a merry-go-round. So you got to make sure – or a turnstile, I should say, not merry-go-round because that comes back around. <laughs> um, a turnstile. So, Correct. like, you got you, you got to lock up, and I think that's – one of the things that I'm looking forward to is seeing how Bull Bull uh, can play, seeing if they go small, who's playing the three, 
if they go small. You know, you, we, everybody talks about Eric Gordon at the end of a game. Okay, what does that matchup look like? How does Eric Gordon or Book or Beal, who who might be matched up on a small forward, how does how does that work out? Like, there's so many little dynamics for each of the lineups that they could present um, that not only cause um, you know not concern, but you gotta you gotta figure it out on your end, but also could also be a, a matchup problem from other teams, and yeah. that's the other perspective that we're not really talking about. Sometimes bigs don't like matching up on somebody smaller than them. Because it just is irritating. If you put the ball on the ground, they're a little quicker than you, um, and it can be a pain in the ass. So you got to be careful about what you wish for because, you know, matchups do matter. So it goes both ways, and I'm excited to see what Vogel comes up with because I have a feeling we're going to see some unique shit because of the versatility of this lineup in a variety of different ways. And he did mention, you know, obviously this week is all about ironing home defensive principles. He's talked a lot about – uh, day one of training camp is in terms of transition defense being a point of emphasis, being physical on the glass. Um, he also mentioned like some two on two coverage stuff so that the defense is not in rotation as much, which makes sense because if you've got a big like Nurkic that's maybe not as mobile as what the Suns have had recently with DA, it makes sense you don't want to be rotating all over, yeah. especially with a group of new guys that are still learning. You know, what spot do I need to be right. in? What's this guy's tendency in yeah. this situation? That Those trust things that take time to develop. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. But he did also mention, like, schematically, we're going to do different things against different teams. Like, we're right. going to adjust based on personnel that we're facing, based on the different lineups we're trotting out there. So he's, I think he's approaching this, kind of, it's probably going to give him some gray hairs, but with a very open mind in terms of I will need to adjust and adapt as needed on both ends. Yeah, That's the part I love about Frank the most. Mm. That's what I'm excited to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see... I, I used to kill, I used to drive me crazy with Monty, the little orange sheet. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was written in there, and that's what he was going to do, <laughs> mm. right? This guy is going to make adjustments on the fly. We're going to see different matchups for different personnel at all times. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hot take right, right now. Mm. Devin's going to play a lot of three this year. Okay. I'm, he is. Mm. Devin's going to play the three, and, and he can do it. I, I think Devin can absolutely play the three, defend the three. You're going to see lineups where Devin is the three as much as you're going to see lineups at, 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 with him at the point. I believe that. I could be wrong, but I'm looking forward to seeing that because I, I Devin's dynamic, and he's a better defender than people think, and I think this year we're going to see that. Nate in the chat asked us where would the Suns have to rank in the league in terms of defense to win the chip? What do you guys think? I think if they finished, um, I, honestly, in the upper half of the league, top yeah. 15, That's um, I think they'd be okay. Uh, if they get a top 10 defense, I think they win it easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think top 15 is the baseline. Like, I don't think you can fall below that. Then you have some serious issues. So um, I think, yeah, that's that's kind of where yeah. I would put them. Yeah, I mean, last year the Nuggets were 15th in defensive rating in the regular season. There you go. And then come playoff time, they turned it up and they were fourth. Um, you know, obviously they didn't play the top-ranked teams in the conference or whatever. But it, as long as you have the personnel and everybody's healthy, you can turn it on come playoff time. We've seen it from recent champions. And with as high-powered as this offense has the potential of being, like I would say, league average. I think if you're top 10, that really bolsters your chances. But if you can probably get away with top 15 just because of the talent you have. Mm-hmm. I agree. Same exactly what Saul said. Top 15 during the regular season. If it's top 10, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I also will say this. Uh, I think Frank is one of those guys that might hide some things mm-hmm. during the regular season. 
that may not be open to showing some <clears> stuff <throat> that he may have up his sleeves strictly for the playoffs. I know there's been coaches in the NBA who have done that, and and I believe Frank is cut from that cloth. So um, I do think that he's going to have a scheme that he's going to be planning during the season that what, we may not see into the playoffs. What I really hope more, more so from this group is that they have um, an energy about them on defense that, like, listen, like, if you've, if you've, if you played at all, there's a certain, like, something happens defensively. You start hitting buckets on one end, you start turning up on the defensive end, and you start to, like, really enjoy mm -hmm. the grind of playing defense because you feel like you're making some headway and you're making things happen. And, and, and it provides an extra little juice to you to spur you on. On, on the offensive side as well. Like it can go both ways. And that's what I'm, that's really what I'm looking at from this team is, is like how, how juiced are they to play defense? Do they get hyped up playing defense? Do they look forward to playing defense more than they do offense? Cause if they ever, if they ever make that switch yeah. and that happens game over, game mm, over, yeah. nobody's going to stand a chance because if this team is energized playing defense and they're not really necessarily worrying about the offensive side because they know it's going to take care of itself. Like then you got, you got a, you got a team that can win it all easily. And like, that's what I'm looking for as the season progresses is like how intense, how energized are they on the defensive end? Or does it look like it's a chore and people are getting lost and it's just a little discombobulated. Like, I just don't feel like that's going to happen. I really feel like they're going to be locked in defensively at some point this season, and we're going to be talking about a team that's surprising a lot of a lot of people defensively. To be honest, yeah. Well, well everybody averaged one ten last year, right? In the whole NBA, just about. Yeah. Now I think it was, and it's the first time ever that all thirty teams averaged one ten. So, like, is this something as small as saying, like, I played for a coach that he had a number. He said, I don't, this is the number for the whole team. When we come in the locker room, that's the number. Is it as simple as saying, hey, we're going to hold everybody under 100. That's the number. 100 points. You can hold them under 100, we're a good basketball team, right? So, I mean, I don't know if it's that simplistic, but I, I think that's how you get energy on defense. That's how you get everybody to buy in. Mm. As a team, you say, okay, we're not giving up 20-point quarters or 25-point quarters, mm -hmm. right? Every, every quarter with defending, less than 25, you're not going to do that all year. But those are the type of things that I think revs the team up and says, okay, we're all involved here. I come in for three minutes, I got to hold it down. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, I, I'm sure that's probably a thing. It could vary from coach to coach. I know for Monty's perspective, if he held a team under 30 in a quarter, under 25, that's really good. If they get 30 or more, that's a bad defensive yeah. quarter. So um, kind of have like a five-point wiggle room there. Yeah, it, and it's I'm sure that's relatively standard across the league, but you're right. I do think he'll have you know game-to-game -game goals, targets mm -hmm. for them, um, especially with the attention to detail he puts on that end of the floor. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we already are getting people in the chat, and this has been for a hot minute now, talking about how much they love Bradley Beal. And he hasn't even played for us <laughs> one single minute, mm -hmm. but just getting to hear him speak about anything and everything because he gives such thoughtful answers. Gerald, you're going to have to set this one up because <laughs> I don't know if everybody else will be able to understand what question was being yeah. asked, but this was a cute little cute little moment at practice, I guess you could say. It was. So the the reporter was like, trying to like ask bowl, him. Like bowl bowl cute? Yes. <laughs> or, Stop no? it. No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Not that cute, but still cute. Stop. <laughs> Come on. Um, 
we're gonna need that in meme form. Um, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you just memed How yourself. You <laughs> but uh, the reporter was asking Bradley Beal, kind of getting at like, okay, you were on a situation in Washington where you weren't making the playoffs, where you guys didn't reach your goals in the playoffs. Um, what's it like kind of getting this second chance to contend? But the way that he phrased it, and he knew it as soon as he said it, was how do you go into this situation knowing you've got a second shot at life? And this is what Bradley Beal had to say. How do you go into this situation knowing you've got a second chance in life? Thanks for that. No, 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 you're good. You're good. It's all yeah. love. It's all love. Uh, but no, honestly, in, in some ways, it, it did kind of rejuvenate my mental. You know, when you step foot here and, you know, and Kevin and Dev, like the first thing they say once, you know, you're considering everything is, you know, let's get in the gym. Like, okay, yeah, like that, that kind of changes everything. You don't hear that every day from your teammates, especially in the offseason. Um, but then, you know, to understand, you know, what Matt wants, his vision, uh, James, Josh, and Coach Vogel, like they they preach winning culture every single day. And you can see the winning habits of every player, every staff member in, in the gym every single day is, is towards working towards winning that NBA championship. And so uh, in some ways it's like I know what I signed up for, you know. Um, like you said, it's – bittersweet being somewhere for so long but you never get over that hump and now i have that opportunity to seize that and so for me it's embracing being here it's embracing the opportunity i have because not every player gets it not every player has the blessing to be that i'm in the situation i'm in to play with on an unbelievable team with an unbelievable staff unbelievable resources like i, I have not no complaints now you know so it's up to me to continue to put in the work uh trust myself to be confident in myself and try to help this team win in any way i can Man, hey, <laughs> I, I, already, I already got a nickname for him. Yeah. What is that? Cool Breeze. Cool, cool Breeze. Breeze yeah, I man. like that. He is, <laughs> he is just cool as shit, man. <laughs> I wish I was Bradley Beal. He's, he's, he's cool, cool as shit. And he's and it's in a very like thoughtful way too, because like yeah. he obviously had a sense of humor about the guy's choice yeah. of phrasing, but then he proceeded to give a thoughtful like one minute answer to what he was really getting at. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I played in Washington, I wasn't dying. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like my career died on me, damn. Um, but no, like it's it's been refreshing to hear him talk because at media day he was asked about his individual goals and he had said, I'm going to hold them close to the chest because I want the you know, I've vocalized them in the past, but here I want the team goals, winning a championship to supersede all of that. So I'm going to keep my personal goals to myself. Um, he's very aware of how fortunate he is to have this opportunity. And what's more, he's going to make the most of it because he hasn't had those chances recently in his career. Um, so that's exciting as a Suns fan because we've, you know, we've talked about how Kevin Durant having a fully healthy season is going under the radar or Devin Booker still being young enough to improve is going under the radar. Bradley Beal being a, a third option after being a first option for most of his career is definitely going under the radar. Yeah. And it's going to be one of those things where I don't know if there's going to be a set one, two, three pecking order. I think it's going to be it's your night. Go for it. You're feeling it. Go for it. Mm -hmm. And whatever the defense is giving them they're going to be able to make them pay for it. Get on the train right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I've, I've thought about this for a while, and, and I'm glad we could talk about this. I sometimes think the Suns, and I feel this, like the Suns learned something in 2021, the mm -hmm. front office did, from the Milwaukee Bucks. And I can't help but think 
they're kind of stealing a little bit of the Milwaukee Bucks blueprint. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you know, you had Giannis and Middleton and you got Book and KD. And it wasn't until they got Drew Holiday and took him out of that bad situation and put him in Milwaukee mm -hmm. and then and then made him the third guy, which we know he's better than the third guy. Mm -hmm. And then it, it happened. And it feels like Beal's about to be our Drew Holiday. Like, you know, maybe not on a defensive end, but as far right. as impact. And so I, I look at that and I laugh and I'm like, you know, sometimes you got to go through stuff to get to the other side. And going through that Milwaukee thing might be why they built this team in this way, um, in a sense. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, like we, we've used the, the, the phrase of or really the, the analogy of Shawshank. You know, crawling through 500 yards of shit just to get to the other side. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a shitty position, it would definitely be in Washington. <laughs> Sorry, Wizards. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, Bradley Beal, listen, I, when he got traded here, um, the the number one thing that stood out the most was everybody and their mom that has ever known Bradley Beal vouched for him the person mm -hmm. before they talked about the player, mm -hmm. which speaks volumes because he's such a phenomenal player. And I've been saying since day one that Bradley Beal is slept on by just about everybody in the NBA right now for whatever reason, even though he did it in Washington. Um, and he was he was a 30-point scorer two years in a row. Like, he's a legit basketball player, like one of the best in the league. And somehow, some way. He's barely thought of as a top 50 player. And I'm it, it just blows my mind. Bradley Beal is going to drop buckets this year. He's going to be a problem for yeah. the entire league because who are you going to match up on? And I think Bradley Beal does one thing specifically a little bit better than Devin Booker. I think Bradley Beal's post game is a little bit better than Devin Booker's because he's a little bit more physical and he knows how to use his body a little bit more than Ooh. Devin down on the block. Like, he's not doing a fadeaway. He's going to put his shoulder in your damn jaw Ooh. and you better take it and you better like it. Like, Ooh. that's what I love it. That's what I love about him. Like, he's a dog out there and and I want to see that. Like, I want to see that aggressiveness from Bradley Beal. He's a matchup problem from every level of the court. And I know the other two guys are too, but Bradley Beal's just going to be, I'm telling you, it's just going to be so fucking exciting. I'm going to be I'm looking so for that. Yep. <laughs> That's a great point. I'm telling no, you. No, I'm going to be looking for that because I, I love Devin's post game. Of all, the uh, of all the film that I've been watching of Bradley Beal, that's the one thing that I keep going back to the most is, damn, like whenever, even bigs, he will take a big down low and body him. Mm. And I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> cool breeze. I love you. I love you. Aww. He's my sweet baby he's, angel. I was already. gonna say All he right. is your sweet baby he's my angel. Sweet baby angel already. Sure. We're gonna need a leader leaderboard at this point. Yep. We probably should make one, but Bradley Beal is definitely at least in the top five. You can't you can't not top five, yeah, no, at least top three. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say that, but then I was like, well, let me just just in case. But she doesn't like to commit. I don't like to commit. <laughs> Commitment issues. And I do, yes, okay. very much so. Right. Um, which is why I always ride the fence on this show. Uh, okay, last thing from training camp and then we have a bunch of super chats to get to uh frank vogel was asked about his offensive philosophy with the big three on his team not really you know it just it just looks better when you have those guys out there <laughs> quite frankly um you know we want to keep it simple uh we really want to highlight uh attacking before the defense is set you know like obviously uh, teams are going to try to throw bodies at those guys and uh, be physical and um you know, if we can get them in the open court, um, playing with pace, 
but then in half court playing with a lot of movement, you know, rather than just um, you know, being stationary. You know, I think uh, especially with Nurk being here, you know, those guys' ability to throw the ball to Nurk and then pass and cut off of him, you know, with his passing ability, I think should really really free those guys up. So this kind of confirmed a couple of things that we thought heading into training camp and are definitely going to be looking for moving forward. He mentioned pace. That's something we've heard multiple guys talk about. Ish was even talking about how in pickup they've been outletting to him just to get the ball up the court. I think that negates some of the concerns about who's going to be the true point guard, who's going to be the lead ball handler. Yeah. Well, if you get a defensive rebound and push, it doesn't really matter. It makes life easier on your superstars to get them out in transition. Um, and then he used the other term motion. They're going to have a lot more motion. He said it at media day. You know, we're not going to come down and run pick and roll post up or ISO every time down, which is kind of how the Suns' offense had devolved yeah. near the end. Um, they really like being able to get the ball to Nurkic, have him be an offensive hub, and cut guys every which way around him and let him set them up in that way. So um, we're going to see different things from the offense. It's going to be a similar offense in the pick-and-roll attack, but they're going to have a lot more weapons up their sleeve going from DA's passing to Nurkic's passing. Um, and it's it's going to be fun to watch them kind of build this offense around those three guys, especially with how interchangeable they are. I, I hope I hope we see the level of passing that that I hope that I think we're going to see. Uh, I want that ball. You know, again, when we go back to um, the, I think it was the Mavericks series two years ago, game one or two, and the Suns came down the court. Ball didn't touch the floor not once, mm -hmm. and that ball rotated twice, or actually three times to each side, and then we got an easy layup and a foul. I think DA got it. Um, it was probably the most beautiful possession I've ever seen in basketball, yeah. and I hope we get to see more of that with this group. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have the shooters and and the basketball IQ to to really execute that. So I, I'm I'm excited for that that aspect of this. Mm -hmm. The the offense obviously. We've, we're all looking forward to that. I think they're going to drop a lot of buckets, obviously. But Nurk being a part of this and being a better passer than DA, million percent, is going to elevate everybody else, create easier passing lanes. Um, and you really got to account for that when you're moving around. That's what makes the Nuggets so freaking good because you have to account for Jokic's passing because he's one of the best passers in NBA history for a big. Like, Nurk isn't quite that level but he's very very good at passing so i'm excited for that well i thought we had already mm -hmm. agreed yesterday as point nerd right yeah 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 everybody yeah. else it's one it's one four high everybody else just line up along the baseline <laughs> nerd at the top let's go yeah we're good <laughs> yeah no I, I love it you know if i i've been going back and looking at some more tape with nerd with portland especially with dame and cj and those guys flying up and down the court and it's exciting yeah everything i'm hearing from frank is like gold right now. Now mm -hmm. we just got to bring it to life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if they can play defense and play fast and have that pace that we want, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a hell of a task <laughs> for some people to deal with. So it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun. All right, let's uh, look to the chat for a little bit here. Uh, first thing first, Ted said, "Sweet BB Angel." We talk about Bradley oh, yeah. Beal. We go. can already give that Ooh. to him. Sweet BB Angel is Bradley Beal, 100%. I love that comment. All right, so a couple of super chats here. Big Vernon, thank you so much for yours. Said Sun's starting lineup. Book, Beal, KD, Kata Bates, Diop, and Nurk. I still think Josh Okoge will start mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season, but I do think KBD could take that spot at some point in time. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's Okoge. He told a funny story yesterday about 
the first time he met Frank Vogel in an elevator randomly in Chicago, and he didn't play for Vogel. Vogel, he didn't really know him. They just got on the elevator, and Vogel was like, love your game. You're tough. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> got off the leaving, elevator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, he, I, I think Akogi is the exact type of guy he would look for in a fifth starter, but mm-hmm. we don't know. We'll see. There's still plenty of preseason games before then. Who? So I think opening night... It's it's Josh Kogi. Who do you think? I think it's gonna be KBD. Gerald Akogi. KBD. Okay, two to two. Guess we'll <laughs> find out. Well, should we put a bet down on that? I'm down. Oh Jesus. Oh, I'm always down to bet. When Lindsay we'll become like this, this gambling. Play the gambling help. Number. We'll come back to this later. Call one eight hundred next step. There we go. All right, Killer Rex sent us one. Thank you so much. Appreciate your tra- uh, super chat. Said. This is probably a dumb question, but is there any plausible scenario where the Suns could trade for Miles Turner? They'd be a lock for the finals, and Frank coached him at Indiana. So, uh, looking at contracts, Miles Turner makes $21 million. Uh, Nurkic is like just under 17 so if you combined his salary with one of the vet minimums, I think you might be close enough. I'd have to do the math, and it would depend on which guy. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I see this happening unless things go really poorly for the Suns with yeah. Nurk. Um, if he gets injured or if the defense just isn't working out, whatever. I think they r- really are like genuinely high on his fit here. Um, and I think for the Pacers, like something would have to go poorly for them. They look like a a, yeah. a team that will threaten for a playoff spot. And Turner had a really good year last year. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right. Agree. Vic sent us one. Thank you, Vic. Appreciate you. Said, I have not heard anything about. The center, Udoka Azbuki, could he and Keon be the ones that are waived? So a lot of people were asking about um, Damian Lee and then the fact that he's injured right now and then who those two guys that will inevitably have to be cut, who who those could be. So Udoka won't be cut unless they just really don't like him because he's on a two-way contract, so he's not part of the cuts that need to happen. Um, You get three extra two-way slots. The Suns have two of those filled with Udoka and Saban Lee, so those two guys are probably going to stick around no matter what. Um, Keon seems like a prime candidate here just because he's younger, he's a little more raw. Um, This team needs more established players at this point. It's probably looking like Keon and Ish, but it could be Chimetsi. Damian Lee, unfortunately, could be involved in that conversation now that he's gotten hurt. Um, and we don't have an update on him yet. Like we said yesterday, we got kind of a non-update update. Like he's out for a while. Like that's I, I, I heard a while. Yeah. Like Keon Johnson, though, like I do think that they're going to take their time yes. before they have to make a cut. Like. You know, in the words of ODB, "Ooh, baby, I like it raw. Like it's okay. I like I like Keon Johnson. Like, like let's give it a let's give him a chance." The look on Emma's face right now is <laughs> quite literally what? everybody. Ooh, baby, I like, like it raw. ODB, that's the Wu Tang. Come baby, on now, I like you know it what it is. Why? I know what it is, <laughs> but you, <laughs> what's wrong with that? I like it raw. It's no, that's ooh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> No, I know the reference. Yeah, we understand we the that. reference. We get that. We're just trying to figure out the plot. I mean, it's okay. I, I'm just saying, I'm using a music lyric into what we're talking about. And I thought that was Aquamugal because you just said, like, he's a little bit raw. <laughs> Don't even play like you didn't know what she was doing. Oh, I wanted man. to use that lyric. That's all I was doing. <laughs> How long have you had that in your back pocket? I, as soon as you said raw, I was like okay. ready to go. <laughs> I got anyway. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go I want to ask you. Like, okay, if if Damian Lee's injury mm-hmm. is as bad as 
it sound it, it does I had a conversation yesterday. It doesn't sound like it's gonna be four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that said, do you really look at Keon now and say, hey man, this okay. kid's young? I have two questions about this. Um, does doesn't Damian Lee have a player option in his second year? Does he? I'm pretty sure. Okay. So you gotta play that into the into this as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then second, if he's out for a really long time, can you apply for like a yeah. hardship thing yeah, and just like keep one of these guys around for that? You could. I, I don't think this injury is season ending. Okay. And normally hardship has got to be season ending. Right. Um, I don't think we're there that far yet. But okay. if he's going to miss most of the season and you got to remember, how about this? And Saul, you can speak on this. When you tear your meniscus, it's a college issue. Like Damien is a guy that might want to play in the NBA another five, six, seven years because he's not a star. He's mm-hmm. a guy that may be getting contract mm-hmm. year to year. And so he'll probably veer on the side of caution mm-hmm. with this and say, let's just fix it the right way so that I'm available to play in three, four years. If you snip your meniscus, right? I mean, you're back I, quicker, but it, you're back quicker, but long term, yeah. you, you're in trouble. Right. So I, I, I don't know. This is getting weird. This is getting weird. I mean, there could be a scenario where he ends up getting cut, you know, and, and that's, I mean, it would be unfortunate because I know we all like Damian Lee. Like he's, and he's a, he's a solid contributor in the locker room. But, you know, at, at this point, because you're so stretched and you're so packed on the, the roster, you know, at, at some point you might say you, you're you're better off just going with what you know uh, is available at the moment and maybe for the next two, three, four months. In that case, I could see them maybe possibly moving on from Damian Lee. It would be extremely unfortunate to lose yeah. your job because of injury. Yeah. Obviously. Like, we're not advocating for that at all. Initially, I think we were all in agreement that it was probably going to be Ish and Keon that got cut. But because of this... I think one of these two guys might end up being saved because of that. And it's really, I mean, it's really Well, technically, you also still have an op- one more open two-way, right? Two-way, yeah. yeah you do. So, Damien, I don't think Damien qualifies. No, no, no. Yeah. Not for Damien, oh, okay. but for like Keon or oh, something. Or ish, yeah. if that happens. Like, at least the, I don't know, the, they could extend yeah. the offer of like, hey, if you don't have anything else around the league who's willing to take you on. We'll still keep you on a two-way, though. I mean, that feasible, yeah, which, which would be nice. But again, yeah. that's all going to be predicated on how Keon Johnson plays. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know if the Suns really know totally what Keon Johnson's going to be able to provide. Um, so they're going to take a look mm-hmm. and uh, listen. Ish and Keon, that's probably the the two guys that you're going to want to watch the most in preseason to see how they perform because they're literally playing for their NBA lives right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's that's part of the that's part of the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so True Tactive sent us a super chat. First one ever. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. I uh, said, so do you think Bobo gets cut? Unlikely, right? Um, yeah, very I don't unlikely. Think I don't think Bobo's getting, getting cut at all. He's got too much cut. potential and that potential is just too appealing yeah. Um, at the moment. Yeah. Agreed. Um, somebody else in the chat asked us, I, I'm pretty sure I saw, they said, do you think um, the starting five for preseason will be the starting five for regular season? No. I don't think so, no. 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 I would kind of be surprised. We probably won't <laughs> see a ton of like the big three in preseason, I would guess. It's only a little f- bit, it's but a not little a ton. Bit, yeah, it's only yeah. a little bit because they'll get them some reps and then yeah. probably rest them for most second halves or something. Yeah, like yeah. 15 minutes probably is the, you know, where you want to get those mm-hmm. guys. Okay, James Johnson sent us a super chat, said, League sleeping on us, three amazing superstars with depth and a center that will actually provide ball screens, hip outs, et cetera. 
Bring on the Larry. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're sleeping on us necessarily because I we mean, do have a hell of a lot of uh, nationally televised games. So that's for a reason because we're an appealing watch. Hey, listen, uh, one of the things about us is kind of like what the history of the Lakers has been. People are going to tune in because they want to see if it's going to succeed or if it's going to be an epic dumpster fire. Mm. And it's not going to be anything in between. Like, so... People are going to watch the Phoenix Suns this year. They're going to have high, high ratings because they are a very appealing draw. Devin Booker, KD, now you add Brad Beal, Bowl, Bowl even. It sounds funny to say some guy that's probably going to be 10th, 11th, 12th, possibly off the bench being an appeal. But people love Bowl, Bowl. People love Bowl, Utah, Bowl. same thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a huge following overseas to watch Utah play at any spare minute that he can get. So this is a very attractive team from an NBA perspective and they're going to pump a lot of money into making sure people are watching the phoenix suns this year so i don't think that they're being overlooked this year i don't think we can use that as a as a slept on excuse this time around because i i assure you that is not the case i i do think i yeah i agree with you i think the nba is pushing very hard for the suns to be one of their premier teams i think there are, are a lot of pundits that doubt this team as a legitimate title contender still though see that's where i'm at i think the nba wants us the same thing. NBA wants us to be a darling, but I don't think everyone everyone else yeah. wants us to be a darling. I, well, I, I don't know if they want it or not. I just think that I, on the analysis side of things, I think people have us in the tier just below like Denver, Milwaukee, Boston right now. <laughs> that's comedy. Man. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Uh, you, you said a word just a minute ago and now I just went blank. Um, darling. Darling. Yeah. I don't I. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely do not feel like we are darlings by any stretch of the imagination. No. I think we are viewed at <laughs> with a, a villainous kind yeah. of uh, perspective because of booking KD alone. Okay, I'll give you those two because I'm like, the more we start getting to know these guys, and they are darlings. And you so. add Grayson. You add those three guys. Like, and, and one of these things, obviously, not like the other ones. Mm. I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Book has a rep across the uh, uh, across some NBA circles. There are a lot of people that do not like Devin Booker. We know this. It's yeah. stupid. It's absolutely foolish, but it is the case. Same thing with KD because of, <laughs> oh, he should just stop being on Twitter and all these stupid-ass takes, right? And then Grayson for the obvious history that he has. So I think those three alone will bring a villainous kind of perspective to us. And then they'll be enlightened by Bradley Beal and Yuta <laughs> and all the sweet baby bulbuls out there. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, we do have a lot of darlings on this team. We've got a lot of villains, got if some you dogs will. On this sure. Team too. Let's but go. they're also darlings. Yeah. I think there's I think they're perceived as villains, but they're really good dudes. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. All right, last one and then we'll um, move on for right now. Jacob, thank you for your super chat. Appreciate you. They said we built like the Warriors with Katie, Steph, and Clay. Now book and feel, and a ton of really good professionals that want to win. Yeah, that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good professionals, and I think we have some, some, some guys that are are really, they're poised to take advantage of an opportunity that a lot of them have not really had in their careers before. Yeah. Um, you know, even Eric Gordon, you know, never been to an NBA Finals, came close Western Conference Finals against the Warriors a few years back. Couldn't get over that hump. Uh, you're talking about Yuta, who's not really in, in Brooklyn and on the East Coast. Maybe they know who Yuta is. The the whole rest of the world might find out who Yuta is now because of all these national televised games. Yeah. If Bull Bull can put it together and and finally 
figure it all out at the same time and become a lot more consistent and contribute to a contending team. Bull, bull. You know, we talked so much in the last five years about DA and if he could ever, if he could ever be that dude, we'd be right here. Guess what, people? It's the same thing with Bull Bull. Yeah. If Bull Bull puts it all Come together, on. hey, if Bull Bull somehow <laughs> figures it out, I mean, this is true. Uh-huh. If he somehow figured it out, then we would be such an elite team because we have yeah. one of the freakiest basketball players of all time. And I mean that on the basketball court, people. So, it, like, it's going to be fun. It's going to mm-hmm. be this is a fun I mean, ass team to watch. It is. What Nurk said yesterday had me dying. Bulbul's our point guard. <laughs> yeah. It's a guard. And it's not Nurk, it's Bulbul. It's a, it's a, he's a guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he meant that, man. He wasn't playing. <laughs> he sat there and stared everybody in their face and said, bro, I don't view him as a center. Mm-hmm. He ain't a center. He ain't a big. He's a guard. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. And and when and the fact that he's telling the truth makes it even more amazing. It's like, how is that human being able to do that? Yeah. He's that big with guard skills, can shoot. And and another thing is, I mean, DA had hype, bro. The hype around Bo Bo oh coming out of high school and co- yeah. it was insane. Mm. Like so, yeah, it's man, you, this kid, if he. The first game that dude comes out and hits three threes. Oh, everybody's losing their The mind. next show, people gonna lose their oh mind. I'm oh, telling our sure. next show, people gonna be in the chat talking about Bobo. We gotta start the, yeah. bo- the <laughs> bowler coaster. I was gonna say that's why the bowler coaster exists. It absolutely does. Uh, Code in the chat said, "I blame Espo for the national hate of the Suns." Code, you're throwing so much Damn. shade at Espo when he's not even here. So it's a good thing Espo brought his Shady Rays on vacation mm-hmm. so that you don't have to hear all that slander, Code. Come on now. But Espo is on vacation for everybody asking. He is out rocking his Shady Rays, having a great time with the wife and the daughter. But listen, Sliding if you have not checked DMs. out Shady Rays, make sure you check them out because Shady Rays has gear that is built to last. We are talking about premium polarized sunglasses and right now exclusively for you they're giving out their best deal of the season just go to shadyrays.com use code phnx for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people also if you are looking for a great place to grab dinner tonight or later this week highly recommend our friends over at the spaghetti shack they are asu alum owned and operated we love that no matter what saul says they serve a menu starring spaghetti meatball balls garlic bread and a few other fan favorites i sure did (laughs) after so much shooting you would just want hand motion i didn't even say anything i know but i was hoping i was I was ready for you if you were. <laughs> she was like, I don't care. I was. I said, like, like, not today, Saul, not today. <laughs> but the Spaghetti Shack has delicious food. So check them out. Enjoy delicious spaghetti and meatballs and so much more at one of their four Arizona locations to learn more or to find a location near you. Check out thespaghettishack.com. All right, guys. I know we got a little bit um, thrown out of whack with our... Going down the list of teams that could potentially be a threat to the Phoenix Suns. Um, But now we're back on track since the whole trade has kind of settled. And we're going to talk about the Warriors today. And to do that, we are going to welcome in our guest, CJ Holmes, Warriors writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, who joined us earlier this week to share their information. And now joining us, the writer for the Warriors at the San Francisco Chronicle and also the greatest Auburn Tiger I've ever met, <laughs> CJ Holmes. What's up, dog? <laughs> He's got it on. 
<laughs> What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me, man. Good, good to see my family out in Phoenix. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good to see you too, man. Uh, let's start with this. Chris Paul. We know that he's with the Warriors, at least for now. I don't know. <laughs> Something else might happen. We'll see. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, your initial reactions to Chris Paul coming to the Warriors, and how do you think he's going to fit into their system? I think it's a good fit if managed properly, if that makes sense. Um, you know, Chris Paul's one of the best point guards to ever do it. And one of the Warriors' biggest issues last season was managing that second unit, staying competitive when Stephen Curry had to come off the floor. Um, yeah, they got good minutes from Jordan Poole and spurts, but that inconsistency from him really crippled that unit at times. Um Words to build the lead, second unit would come in, and all of a sudden that lead would evaporate. So the whole theory in my mind with Paul is that assuming that he comes off the bench, no, that stuff is still kind of up in the air. Just, I mean, the guy has never came off the bench in any game he's ever played in his career. But I do think on this Warriors team, he's a better fit coming off the bench. The Warriors had the best starting five in the NBA last season, um, you know, by advanced metrics, right? That's not the issue. The issue is those reserves. So you get a guy like Paul who can come in, um, lead these reserves, get guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, easy shots. In theory, the Warriors become a better team. So from that standpoint, I think it's a good fit. If he winds up, if he does wind up starting, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I mean, I know you said we'll get into it later, but I mean, who are you going to take off the floor in that situation? Is it Andrew Wiggins, one of your best perimeter defenders? Is it Kevon Looney, your best big? Um, who knows? Either way, it puts the war. It would put the Warriors at a disadvantage from you know either a rebounding standpoint or a size defensive standpoint. We'll see how it plays out, but I do think the Chris Paul addition is a good fit, um, assuming that he comes off the bench. Just just to be clear, okay, I, I need to go back to this. All right, mm -hmm. I know Chris Paul. He, he listen. He'll say all the right things, but do you <laughs> truly believe he's going to accept a bench role? I don't know. I mean, I remember when we talked to him <laughs> the first time out in Vegas, um, a few reporters floated, kind of floated that, you know, those loaded questions his way. You know, Chris, you know, you will accept the bench role. You know, Chris promptly responded that, you know, are you the coach? Right. And, you know, <laughs> and I, I don't know, just from my perspective, it seems like the, you know, Chris, guys with these egos, right? It's what makes them great, right? It's what makes Chris great. Um, that belief in self, but a guy in his situation, 38 years old, um, has played in less and less games over the past three seasons, is now entering, you know, probably one of his last best chances to win a championship. You think the answer to that question would be, I'm willing to do whatever the coaching staff asks, right? However, that's not how he responded to that question. <laughs> um, you know, he did state that a lot of that stuff will be ironed out during training camp and camp set to begin this Tuesday. A.K. Um, I ain't letting that shit happen. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how, how it all plays out. But from, you know, most people who are looking at the situation, it comes across as or their perspective seems to be that the Warriors become a better team as long as, you know, a little asterisk, as long as Chris Paul is willing to reduce, uh, is willing to accept a reduced role. And, and, and you know, it, it makes more sense. It just makes more sense, for, at least from my perspective. It, that just sounds like uh, I'm sorry to, to to bogart this real quick, but that just sounds like when my sister would be like, "Hey, mom said we can't have any ice cream today." I'm like, "I'll wait and see what dad says." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, CJ, from your perspective, if 
things go south, if Chris Paul doesn't get the starting role that he wants and it doesn't go well, I mean, we've heard the Drew Holiday rumors. Does that is that a sensible swap in your mind? What do you think about that possibility, or is it too soon to be looking ahead that far? I mean, Holiday is a perfect pick. <laughs> He's like a perfect fit to what the Warriors want to do. And if this Damian Lillard deal went on went down earlier in the offseason, perhaps we're having a different conversation right now. But as it stands right now, bringing Drew Holiday just doesn't make much sense from mm-hmm. the Warriors, more so from a financial standpoint. You know, one of the biggest factors in trading for Paul offloading a Jordan Poole is to offload Poole's contract. You bring in Paul, I think he's um, guaranteed around like 30 million or something in that range this season. Then next season, you can get him off the books. You can waive him without any penalty. If you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, um, he has a team option for like, he has a player option, I'm sorry, for like 37 million next season. And all of a sudden, that's on the Warriors' books and that's counterproductive to what they're trying to accomplish to make sure they duck under the NBA's second tax apron. Um, so although I believe that Holiday on paper is a better fit, um, especially considering the fact that he's five years younger than Paul, he's a better all-around player, I would say, at this point in his career, um, and he remains one of the premier perimeter defenders in the league, um, I do I do think that he would be a better fit for the Warriors on paper. However, they've already committed to Paul. Um, they have – you know, coaches, execs, they've went on record, you know, propping this guy up, um, saying how good of a fit he's going to be with the Warriors in the system. And to go back on all of that and to flip him um, just days before the start of training camp or, you know, perhaps maybe it ha- something happens a little further down the line, it just doesn't make much sense to me um, at this point. Probably going to want to flip him before the playoffs, but that's just my my opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> real quick, uh, Clay Thompson, you know, a little a little bit of ups and downs. It looked like he rebounded, uh, you know, more significantly last year. Obviously, getting more into a groove. What are your expectations on him? And 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 really overall with this Warriors team, you know, obviously, if you if you look at the last eight years, uh, a lot of wear and tear on 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 those bodies playoff performances and such, you know, how how worried are you that that they can still maintain that warrior level of, of championship level play for the long haul? Because it did seem like last year they kind of they kind of tailed off towards the end of the season and they just didn't have it, uh, especially in that second round series against the Lakers. Well, the new NBA rules designed to deter low management certainly d- doesn't help. It feels like that rule is more so targeted at teams Uh, like the Warriors more than most. So how they manage their players in order to keep guys healthy will be very, very key for them throughout the season. There won't be uh, very – there won't be a lot of opportunities for rest um, for those guys. So that's just something that Rick Celebrini and the training staff, they're going to have to figure that out and find the best way to keep these guys healthy for the long haul. In terms of Clay Thompson specifically, it's been nothing but good things. you know, I've been hearing nothing but good things about Thompson his offseason. Um, this is a guy who I remember last year um, in Japan, you know, they held him out of the first two preseason games. Matter of fact, I don't even think he played until late in the preseason. He said he had a mental block that prevented him from playing pickup basketball over the summer, coming off of those two devastating injuries. Uh, throughout the year, he wasn't even cleared to play in back-to-backs until later in the year. But despite all of that, uh, Clay Thompson led the NBA in three-point makes last season with 301. Um, he had one of the best Januaries he ever had in his career. And there were times last year, multiple 40-point games. Um, I think he even went for 50 once. So 
Clay Thompson still has plenty left in the tank. And considering that he's coming off of an offseason where he has been able to work out in full force, where he has been able to play those pickup games, um, to me, it's all good vibes for him coming into this year. Um, it's a big year for Clay. It's a contract year. Um, and general manager Mike Dunleavy Jr. has expressed his interest in, you know, being able to bring Clay Thompson back, find a way to extend him. And those, and those negotiations are reportedly, you know, ongoing at this very moment. Um, so it's a big year for Clay. I think all things are pointing towards a more consistent year for Clay. Um, and because Clay hasn't made an all NBA team or an all-star team in the last three seasons, he isn't classified as a star player under those new rules designed to deter load management. So Clay will have more opportunities to rest more so than a, than a Stephen Curry, than a Chris Paul, um, than a Draymond Green, than Andrew Wiggins. So all the factors are pointing to a strong season for Clay. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see if he can take advantage of it. I can't wait to see Clay slap Steph on the butt and say, hey, get out there. <laughs> get out there. I'm going to sit right here. You get out there. <laughs> uh, CJ, so the, the big three still intact, but obviously the Warriors made a lot of changes mm-hmm. uh, to the rest of the roster. We've already talked about Chris Paul, but there's another former son on the Warriors, Dario Saric. He joins Rudy Gay, Corey Joseph. How do you see some of the new guys fitting in on this team? Well, in terms of uh, – well, the Warriors are only expected to carry 14 players on the 15-man roster this season. They've recently signed Rudy Gay and Rodney Magruder to non-guaranteed deals. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Um, if it were – if that last spot were to go to one of those two guys, I would more so lean in the direction of Gay mm-hmm. simply because that gives the Warriors more depth, more true depth at the three than they've had in recent seasons. Um, takes a little bit of the pressure off Andrew Wiggins, in my opinion. Um, in terms of Dario Saric, um, it's, it's another guy who's a perfect fit on paper. He's a respectable three-point shooter, high basketball IQ. Um, he's a guy that you can see fitting into the Warriors system and that read-and-react system. He, he's a smart passer. And, you know, last season in Oklahoma City, um, he was a lot better than he got credit for. Um, I know he – I think he dealt with some injuries. Please correct me on that if I'm wrong, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is a guy that, you know, when he's on the court, he's usually been pretty good when healthy. And now he's going into, you know, arguably the best situation schematically he's been in since his uh, since his time in Phoenix. So, um, you know, it's 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 in terms of depth, uh, you know, you lose Jordan Poole this offseason, you lose Dante DiVincenzo. Um, that opens up more more minutes potentially for a Moses Moody to have more of a consistent role than he's had in the past. Um, Moody's minutes have always fluctuated, but you know when he's been on the court, he's been pretty efficient. Now you add in a guy like Chris Paul to get him easy shots, and you know maybe that can help him take that third year leap. But I think no one on this Warriors roster is expected to see um, the most improvement. Um, you know it's Jonathan Kaminga, right? Jonathan Kaminga. Um, this is a guy who's shown flashes throughout his first two years in the NBA, but hasn't really put it all together. This is another guy that the coaches are raving about that he's had a strong offseason. Um, you know, you, you think about, about that 60 point game that he had at the Jordan Cross, uh, the Jordan Crawford Pro Am. Mm. Um, and then you got a guy like Chris Paul coming in. Um, you know, Chris Paul loves to throw that lob pass, and when it comes to lob threats on the Warriors, uh, John Kaminga is as dangerous as it gets, one of the most athletic guys in the league. Uh, so when you look at this Warriors roster, they have the pieces. Um, the starting five is intact. Not a lot of question marks with those guys. 
Um, there are question marks on the bench. Um, the team is hoping that Kaminga Moody can take that leap. Um, you know, Sario, Dario Sarge is expected to fit in on paper, but, you know, will he actually? Um, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with that 14th roster spot. And then you got the rookies, uh, Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, question marks as well. Uh, Pajemski had struggled in summer league play, at least in terms of shooting the ball. We'll see this preseason if that was more of a, you know, blip or, you know, if he's a guy that's going to be able to help this team this year or will he see more time in the G League with Santa Cruz. I do know that the Warriors are very excited about Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana, who they acquired in the second round on draft night. Um, I watched him out at Summer League. Uh, I loved what I saw from him. He didn't play until the t- until the final two games, but I loved what I saw from him. More athletic than he gets credit for. Great in pick and roll, and that bodes well considering Chris Paul is now on this team. And <laughs> we're just going to have to see how it all fits together. I like how you laughed out of that. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just to kind of summarize it up, uh, you know, the, the Warriors still a top four team in the West. I don't think that's disputable. Like that's that's warranted. But um, what do you think? What would you predict would happen with them this year? Um, I think I think top four, top three is very realistic for this team. Um Last year, they were arguably the best team in the league at home. Their issue was winning on the road. And that was their biggest issue was winning on the road. And I just don't envision this Warriors team being as bad away from Chase Center as they were last year. If they won just – check my math on this, but if they won just – if they went 500 on the road last season, they would have been a top three seed, top three, four seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they cleaned that up. Um, clean up that second unit stuff, you know, hopefully Chris Paul is able to accept and thrive in whatever role um, he's given. And if everything fits together the way it should, the way coaches hope it should, then the Warriors will be contending for a championship this year. Suns Warriors playoff series. Who's winning and how many games? (laughs) Well, we'll get a little preview on opening night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll get a little preview on opening night at Chase Center. Um, Kevin Durant's first game in San Francisco since uh, since he signed with Brooklyn all those years ago. Um, it's going to be exciting. The Suns are doing a lot of exciting things on their roster with the new the new ownership and um, you know bringing in a Bradley Beal um, to play alongside Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So, you know that's another team on paper that looks really dangerous. And the Suns also did a great job this offseason with limited money being able to fill out the rest of that roster. And I know they got a little bit more depth um, by shipping out DeAndre Ayton, um, bringing in Nurkic, and, you know, a few more other pieces to help fill out the back in the roster. It should be interesting with all that said. <laughs> with all that said, I feel like the Warriors are – Don't do it. Have Don't more it. chemistry. Plenty of chemistry. You know, a lot of time the playoffs roll around. But, mm-hmm. you know. Curry and the gang aren't getting any younger. Um, you know, they'll probably be as motivated this season as they've been, you know, entering any other season. I'm going with the Warriors in seven. All right. Ooh. Warriors in seven. Right. Okay. We put him on the spot, to be fair. I was about so. to say certified bucket, but he kind of missed right there at the end. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just let it go. Uh, that's CJ Holmes. You can follow him on Twitter at CJ Holmes 22. It's forever Twitter. It's not X. I don't give a shit about X. So <laughs> CJ, thank you so much for joining us, bro. Hey, right, thanks for having me. Love y'all. And I'll see you guys soon. See you opening night. Yeah, he'll he'll be out there. Night. I'll be night, out there, man. Sure. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. 
All right, welcome back, guys. We had to kick uh, Saul and Gerald out, so it's just Flex and I closing it out for you. But shout out to CJ for joining us, even though he, we're officially kicking him outside of the inner circle <laughs> for picking Warriors in seven, which I don't blame him, but yeah. he's no longer inside the inner circle. He's so a good, good hope. I mean, good guess, but yeah. I don't like that uh, Warriors in seven. So, But I don't blame him because if yeah. the roles were reversed, I would have picked some for sure. Uh, but if you want to join in on Circle K's inner circle, we highly recommend you do that because when you join their inner circle, not only are you going to save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips, but you also get every sixth free on a selection of Circle K products like pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks, and a whole bunch of other perks as well. So to join inner circle today, all you have to do is download the Circle K app. It is absolutely free. Terms and conditions do apply at participating location. Visit CircleK.com for all the details. And of course, become a PHNX Suns diehard. Listen, I know I talked about Christmas yesterday and y'all were saying it was way too early, but it's really not. I promise you it's going to be here before you know it. And gifting somebody a PHNX diehard membership is a really solid gift, not only just because of all of the perks that come with it, but because it's an easy like gift to give. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all you have to do is go to gophnext.com, type in some stuff and bam, you're done. That's right so down simple. my alley. That's right down my alley. Exactly. I said, I just too. send money. Exactly. So can I do now that? Now you can just send a PHNX Oh, I'm sending like membership. 20 of those yeah. and keep it's it moving. It's super simple. Um, again, that's gophnext.com for you can check out all the details and learn about all the perks and everything. All right. We will round out this. Just flex you and I talking about the Warriors here and a couple things we did learn about them from training camp yesterday. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, we know Draymond Green did uh, sprain his ankle. Yep. But it seems like he is feeling good. He didn't walk into media day with any crutches or a boot and uh, not a big limp yeah. from what's been reported. But in the event that he does miss time, that could potentially open a starting spot for one Chris Paul yeah. that they don't have to quite figure <laughs> out before they come to town to play the Phoenix Suns. Wait, is that home or is that away? That's in uh, Golden State. It is. Uh, you're yeah. right. That's right. It's in Golden State. So before we go to their place to play Golden State yep. to open the season. I think he's he's going to miss the first preseason game, and it's going to be a nice little test mm -hmm. for them to experiment. Now, I, I think they're going to go with Chris in the starting lineup. Uh, Chris, Curry, Thompson, uh, Wiggins, and Looney is probably going to be the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued, though. I, I thought they might go Kaminga instead. Uh, but I think it's a nice trial run yeah. to give CP a shot and see how that looks. And who knows, you know, ankle injuries linger. So are we going to get an opening night with Chris Paul in the starting lineup in I the Bay? First, oh, this is going this is, this is is going to be fun. It'll be so. interesting. But if that doesn't happen, um, obviously Chris Paul was asked if he would be comfortable coming off the bench yesterday at Media Day. He did kind of joke no <laughs> which is not a surprise of course he doesn't want yeah. to come off the bench yeah. but then he did follow up saying quote i actually had an opportunity in 08 to come off the bench for the olympic team that went pretty well i think anybody who knows me knows i'm all about winning whatever i can do to help our team win i know coach and us we are going to talk about it and see what it looks like um how much it still of remains to be seen what that's going to mm. look like how much of a flex is that, though? I mean, it is. Like, like he's like, 
No, I'm not comfortable. The last time I did it, it was like the greatest team on basketball on earth, right? <laughs> so the dream team. I just came off the bench for them. It's like no big deal. No big deal. You but think I, you're on that level? <laughs> right. This right. is that low-key Exactly. Like, that's, you really think you're on that level? <laughs> that's what I feel when I hear that. It's like, nah, you know. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, CP, I didn't expect anything else from him, though, because he's yeah. so competitive. I mean, Chris still thinks he's, and, and rightfully so, he still thinks he's the best point guard in basketball. He might be. He's he's probably the last of a dying breed. I mean, mm-hmm. are there any real point guards like Chris in the NBA anymore? He's probably the last Not one. Lot. Not a so, lot. So, yeah, CP's got some dog in him. And if you let him start, here's a scary thing. You ready for this? What if they let him start and it's, and it's good? And it's like really dynamic. And, and it's, you know, then, yeah, they may have a problem. You going to yeah. ask Dre to come off the bench? <laughs> I mean, they had to have they had to have had a plan of yeah, some sort. Of course, yeah. Whether they want to say that out loud or not, or whoever is coming off the bench wants to admit it until opening night, I don't know. Yeah. But they had to have at least had a plan. Yeah. I would like to think anyway. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll find out and it'll be interesting. Uh that's for sure. Um, just so everyone asking in the chat, this part is live. <laughs> yeah, we it live. It is really yo. me and Flex. Yeah, we, we live. We did have to like, kick Saul and Gerald out though because they had some other things that they needed to do. But yes, the interview was, of course, pre-recorded. Um, we had plans last week that got derailed because yeah. of the whole trade thing, and so it was either pivot or not give you guys what you deserve. And that right. conversation is about that trade. <laughs> but to round it out, Flex, let's take a look at our meter here mm-hmm. as far as the Golden State Warriors go and their fear factor. We as Suns fans should have towards this. Are we in order of least worried to most worried? Wine country, the Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz, or earthquakes? Where where do the Warriors fall on the fear factor meter? You know what, Lynn? This is this is tough because I want to say Alcatraz. Okay. Right, but Steph always proved me wrong. Like that guy. So I it's earthquakes for me because. Anytime you go in a seven-game series with Steph Curry and that man can win two games by himself, you you, you gotta you gotta you gotta be fearful fearful of that. So, yeah, I'm I'm always gonna go earthquake because those guys earn that. Okay. They, they've done enough. What do you're you think? You're gonna go full-blown earthquake. Full-blown earthquake. They make the playoffs. We match up with them. I'm I'm worried. Always. What are you thinking? I'm gonna go Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah. I do agree with what you're saying, and I do think that with the Warriors, you always have to have that respect factor there. Um, but I think I don't know. I'm going to go Alcatraz. Yeah. I just I just think the Suns. I disagree that Warriors in seven. Yeah. I think the Suns will win a a playoff series against yeah. the uh, or the Suns will win a playoff series against the right. Warriors. Yeah. I mean, when so I I'm going to go Alcatraz. When I'm I, not saying it'll be a, a breeze. A breeze, right? But I think the Suns will win. Yeah, when I say earthquake, it's just that I'm going to lose sleep if we play them. Yeah, um, that's fair. But I, I think they win. Can I ask you something, though? Do you? Because I, I was thinking about this earlier. This might be the last run. For the Warriors? For the Warriors. It very be well it. might be. I mean, yeah. listen, at some point in time, Father Time is going to catch up with yeah. them. But yeah. listen, even it, even when it, when it does, you can't discredit what they've been able to do throughout yeah. that yeah. that dominance of a period of time for them like it's inevitable that father time catches up with everybody but you can never knock what the warriors were able to accomplish does that worry you 
That, it, that that like they may be going into this season thinking this is our last shot. So they're playing with so desperation they're, and they're like, hey, this might be the last one. Like this may be the last run of this dynasty because we are getting older and CP's only got a year. And, and you know, so the desperation of it is. No, why I get I think that. What do you think is a bigger driver? Desperation, like from the warrior side of things or um, on the sun side of things? that chip on their shoulder. Devin's never done it. Yeah. Kevin Durant still gets, well, you only did it with the Warriors. And then Bradley Beal being like, why is everybody just writing me yeah. off? So which one do you think is a bitter, bigger driver, I guess? The desperation or the chip of being like, I'm going to prove you all wrong? No, the chip. The so chip. then that's that's what yeah. I would say. Okay, I got sure, you. it does definitely. I yeah. could see how see that, that desperation or that kind of like last-ditch effort sort of thing would give them a boost in certain situations. I still think I'm riding with the Suns as far as the chip of proving everybody wrong because all three of them have something to prove yeah when it yeah. comes to the big three that the suns have. i think you nailed it so that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna ride with that no you you nailed it that's the, that's a great yeah. way of putting it when you win championships you've tasted it already so mm -hmm. the desperation will be there but it's not like i've never won yeah and the suns want that and so. i think Devin Devin specifically has a whole lot to prove this year yeah. um just to all the people who continue to doubt him. And I yeah. think that's just something that we've seen him every single year. Yeah. Somebody will bring it up. Like we've talked about this a million times. Somebody will bring something up about last season that Devin didn't do well enough. And then the next season he comes in and he Fixes does that it. thing. Yeah. And I think he went to the finals and then the two playoffs after that have not been, been the outcome that he really wanted. Not and his fault. No, yeah. I don't think but, it's his but, fault, yeah. but still. And I think he's got a lot that he's like, He's just very driven, yeah. I think, right now to prove a lot. I think of KD wrong. is too. Yeah, because totally. they think those two chips were because of Golden State, and mm -hmm. I argue they got them because of KD. Yeah. So. So there's fun. a lot there, yeah. but it'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna say goodbye now. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. with more updates from Suns training camp. If you are here watching live on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button on the way out because it helps us out a lot. If you are listening, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. These are all just easy, free ways to help out the show yeah. if you guys like us. And if you're new here, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Hopefully, you'll stick around through sun season because it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter as well, at phnx underscore suns. I know Gerald and Saul left, but we'll still tell you guys um, – where you can follow them on Twitter. <laughs> Saul is at Saul underscore Bookman. Gerald is at Gerald Bourget. I am at Lindsay Smith AZ. And Flex, of course, is at Flex from Jersey. So give us all a follow. Flex, you want to take us home? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thrown off today. So, I know, right? Yeah, we, we just going to keep it 100 <laughs> and just say ahoy, ahoy. Tell the Phoenix Metro, Megas in control, and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always rep the family. Rally in the